you would, remain standing for the reading of God's Word and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, and I will begin reading in verse 14. Member or visitor alike, you will be assured that you will not see me up here uh, singing every week, so you can be thankful to the Lord for that. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Praise God for his holy word. Please be seated. So the month of December is a special time set aside in which God's people celebrate the coming of Christ, the Messiah, to this earth. This celebration is absolutely wonderful. The divine putting on flesh, coming to earth, living among his creation and saving his children from their sins. For many, the spirit of December 25th will come and go, and those who celebrate the coming of Christ on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day will not gather with the Lord's bride again until Easter. But for the faithful, who don't neglect gathering together, according to Hebrews 10, verse 25, we have the joy of remembering the coming of Christ every Lord's Day together as the body. We remember the virgin birth that was fulfilled in Christ. We think upon his perfect life that he lived. We hear his words read aloud and taught. We study and meditate upon the commands of the Lord. Remember the cross, his sacrifice, and his blood that washes away all of our sins. His birth, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension. They are all truths that are held dear in our hearts and minds all year long. The birth of Christ, the Son of God putting on flesh, is not to be our only celebration each year. It is only one of many in which we have in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text today is very intentional for us as a church at our very moment of grief. We need to have our mind set as a church on Christ, who is our great high priest, We need to hold fast to our confession that we have, that our minds and hearts need to know that we have a sympathetic Savior, that Christ the Lord is a Savior who identifies with our weaknesses, yet he has never sinned, that Jesus Christ is not distant. He is a Savior who we can draw near to. His throne is that of a throne of grace for us who are his children. That Christ gives mercy and help in time of need. And so at this moment as a church, may these verses not only encourage us, but may they draw us near to Christ our Savior. May we find comfort in the arms of the Lord. For we have a sympathetic Savior who is 
gracious. Look with me at Hebrews 4, verse 14. Point number one, our great high priest. Our great high priest. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So Jesus is our great high priest who has passed through the heavens. He is not your high priest if you have not been saved. This is only for those who have repented of their sins and trusted in Christ alone for their salvation. To those who don't believe in Christ, you have no payment for your sins. Therefore, he is not your high priest. If you have not been born again, you are in need of salvation. But God's word is clear. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Call on Christ. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. For the saved, Jesus is our great high priest. He has passed through the heavens after making purification for sins. Hebrews 1, verses 3 and 4 further explains this. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So Christ, the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of the nature of God, he came to this earth and made purification for sins. That purification was himself. He freely came and laid down his life. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You see, our righteousness is an alien righteousness. It is not a righteousness of our own conjure up and building up. It is the righteousness of Christ. Our faith grabs hold of the righteousness of Christ, and that one makes us acceptable before the Lord. Amen. That Christ has passed through the heavens, that Christ is our righteousness, and he has covered the sins of his children. Hebrews 10, 12 through 18, but when Christ has offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. There will be forgiveness of these. There is no longer any offering for sin. So when Christ came and died, his sacrifice was a single sacrifice for sins for all time. His sacrificial life, his single offering has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. I love thinking upon these words. That God justifies his children and he sanctifies his children. He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. In other words, God never lets go of his children. Once saved, if saved, he sanctifies them until the appointed hour of their glorification. So in this life, God's children will persevere because he will glorify them. 
That Jesus, the Son of God, accomplished the perfect will of God the Father in coming to this earth and saving his people from their sins. So Jesus is a great high priest. He is superior and he is supreme. A great high priest who has made purification for sins. That he has passed through the heavens for he is the Son of God. In Hebrews 4, verse 14, the author introduces the title, Son of God, with great intention. He says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So Jesus, the Son of God's human title, is combined with the Son of God, the divine So the conclusion is, Jesus is the perfect high priest, the superior and supreme high priest. And because of this beautiful truth of who Christ is, the Son of God, and his work as a great high priest, we are to hold fast to our confession. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So we are to cling to our confession. We are to take hold of our confession. We are to not let go of our confession. What is our confession? Our confession is Christ. The historical truth of who Jesus Christ is. We are to cling to Christ. We are to take hold of Christ. We are to not let go of Christ. Our confession is Jesus Christ is Lord. The word confession is used two other times in Hebrews. Hebrews 3, verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. That many Christians are weak because they do not stop and consider Jesus. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So Jesus, the Son of God, is our hope in life and in death. And Jesus, the Son of God, is our great high priest. Jesus, the Son of God, is our only payment for sin. He is the remover of wrath and our only justification before God. So our confession is Christ, who he is according to the Bible. That Jesus is not just a man. He is fully God and fully man. That all he has done according to the Bible, we hold to. All that he will do according to the Bible, we will hold to. All his words according to the scriptures, we confess that and agree with. All of his promises that we find in the scriptures, we hold on to. Let us hold fast to Christ as our great high priest. You're like, Pastor, you just named off a bunch of things. Yes, I just named off all the scriptures. And as God's children, we are to hold fast to all the scriptures. We don't ignore things because they're difficult. We don't overlook things because they may be hard. We are to hold fast to the word of God. Because our confession is Christ. All of the scriptures say about who Jesus Christ is. So let us hold fast to Christ our hope without wavering. Let us remain firm to the historical and true Christian faith, because anything that is brought up that may be new or modern, if it's not historical, if it's not biblical, if it's not something that we find in Scripture, we reject. Point number two, our sympathetic Savior. Hebrews 4, verse 15, we do not have a high priest 
who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So Jesus, our great high priest, is fully God and fully man, and yet he is a sympathetic savior. He is sympathetic. He is compassionate. He is kind. He understands us. And we hold fast because our Savior can sympathize with us. Our great high priest, he has no weaknesses. He has been tempted in every respect as we have, and yet he is without sin. Charles Spurgeon declared, We must treasure the Lord's sympathy, for it may be a great support in our hour of agony and weakness. Isn't it good to know that our great Savior is a high Savior who understands and is sympathetic. That he has been where we are. He has been tempted. That he is supreme. He is high and great. But he is also present and active and available to his children. There is never a time that Christ is too busy for you. And yet we are often so busy that we forget him. Our supreme high priest is a sympathetic Savior that while we walk this life of faith on this road as his children, as his pilgrims, we have hardships, temptations, trials, sorrows, weaknesses. This is part of our journey. And and though our Savior is a high priest, he has been here and he understands. In our struggles and in our pain and our suffering, he is sympathetic towards us. He is compassionate and kind toward his children. And so often we fail to see that and to recognize that and to think upon that because we stop considering him when we are struggling. But Jesus is our great high priest. He is present and active in the lives of his children. Point number three is our help in time of need. Hebrews 4, verse 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So Jesus, our great high priest, has passed through the heavens. He is sympathetic, and he instructs us to draw near to him. The words hold fast in verse 14, and the words draw near in verse 16, they are connected They are joined together. Hold fast and draw near. Hold fast to Christ and draw near to Christ. We are encouraged to hold on to Christ and to draw near to Christ in this life, no matter the trial or the temptation that we are going through. And we are to have confidence. We are to have confidence or boldness in drawing near to the throne of grace. Why? Why do we have confidence Why do we have boldness? Because of who Christ is. What Christ has done. What Christ is doing. What Christ will do. We have the confidence, not because of something in and of ourselves, not because of what we have done, what we have worked for, what we have strived, not because of what we know. We have confidence because of who Christ is. He is our confidence. Our only hope in life and death is that we belong body and soul and life and death to that of Jesus Christ. So we hold on to Christ and we draw near to Christ. William Lane helps us understand the amazing work of Christ. And I apologize, this is extremely long, but I couldn't word it any better. 
The only one who was permitted to draw near under the provisions of the Mosaic Covenant was the high priest who would approach the altar in the most holy place of the tabernacle once a year on the Day of Atonement. And if his ministry was acceptable, the altar of judgment became the place from which mercy was dispensed to the people. In a bold extension of language of worship, the writer calls the community to recognize that through his high priestly ministry, Christ has achieved for them what Israel never enjoyed, namely immediate access to God and the freedom to draw near to him continually. We fast forward to today, if we belong to the Lord, you have the freedom and the right and the responsibility and great privilege to draw near to Christ continually. That as the children of God, through Jesus Christ, we have continual access to not Christ, but upon the throne in which Christ sits, which is the throne of grace. F.F. Bruce said, this throne of grace is the throne of God, where Jesus, as the people's high priest, sits exalted at the Father's right hand. That our great high priest has passed through the heavens. He is a sympathetic Savior who is still at work, and he instructs us to draw near to him while we are marching home in this life. How easy it would be for us as a church to step back and to just be overly overcome with what we have experienced over the last few weeks. But instead, we are encouraged through the word of God and through what Christ has said to draw near to him and to receive grace in our help in time of need. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus, he, was, he suffered when he was tempted, but he is able to help those who are being tempted in the here and now. Whether temptation or whether trial, Jesus is our help in time of need. Our sinless Savior understands, and he calls us as his children to draw near. Hebrews 4, verse 16, let us then with confidence, with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So our great high priest, he gives grace and he gives us what we do not deserve. But we also find that he grants mercy. He doesn't give us what we do deserve. James Boyce says, mercy is grace in action. Mercy is love reaching out to help those who are helpless and who need salvation. Mercy identifies with the miserable in their misery. So in simple terms, our great high priest is a sympathetic savior who calls us to draw near to him and will give help in time of need. So this throne of grace is always open. Maybe you're thinking, but I cherish sins in my life, but the throne of grace is always open because you're in Christ. There is continual help found in Christ. That Jesus is the great high priest, the Son of God, who not only sympathizes with us, but he calls us to draw near. Therefore, let us go to Christ with great boldness. Matthew Henry declared, Had we not a mediator, 
we could have no boldness in coming to God. For we are guilty and polluted creatures. All we do is polluted. We cannot go into the presence of God alone. We must either go in the hand of the mediator or our hearts and our hopes will fail us. But we have boldness into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So the King of Kings declares, come to me. Come to me and receive grace. Come to me and receive help in time of need. Come to me, I understand. You want to know what your help is? Your help is Christ. The grace and mercy that our King provides, it sustains us in every second of our life. We can take our sin to Christ. We can take our pain to Christ. We can bring all of our suffering and bring it to Christ. We can take all of our struggles, all of our hardships, all of our weeping and bring it to Christ. We can take our trials and our tests to Christ, and we will find grace in time of need. When we don't understand what the Lord is doing, we can go to him and we can receive grace because we are reminded at the throne of grace who he is and what he's doing. And as his child, we don't need to always know what he's doing. We just need to trust him. Albert Muller declared, even in our weaknesses, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence because we know that God has fully and finally put away our sin in Jesus Christ, who is our great high priest. As Christ told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Second Corinthians, we find the words of Paul. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses. I am content with insults. I am content with hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So Christ sits on the throne of grace, and our high Savior helps in time of need. That Christ is not a distant deity, but he is a close deity. Indeed, the Spirit of God resides in us. We are his children and we can go to him. J.C. Ryle said, to hear the daily confessions of his saints and grant them daily forgiveness, to sympathize with them in all their troubles, guide them in their perplexities, strengthen them for their duties, preserve them in their temptations. All this is part of Christ's priestly office. What else can be the meaning of these words? The priesthood of Jesus is the very hinge and pivot on which the whole exhortation turns. So Jesus is our great high priest who is in the heavens, but we can go to him as his children. We can go to him this very moment because of our salvation, because of our spiritual state being made right with God and Jesus, we can find forgiveness. In Jesus, we can find help in our struggling hearts, that Jesus will strengthen our weak faith, that Jesus will bring comfort to those who are grieving, that the hour of trial, the hour of need, and the hour of crisis, we can go to Christ who is sitting on the throne of grace and receive divine help. Matthew Henry also said, though he is so great, And so far above us, yet he is very kind and tenderly concerned for us. Over the last few days, I have experienced that kindness and that tenderness of the Lord. I have been overwhelmed by what the Lord has done in my heart. 
and how he has encouraged me and spurred me on to love and to good works of letting me know that all is not lost, but all is found in Christ. In Hebrews, we find these words as well. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he, referring to Christ, holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. It was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of his people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath which came later than the law appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. So we dare not look at Christ as a high priest who is busy or who has a high priest who will fail. This is his office. He is permanently in this position and he is every second interceding for his children. In our time of struggle, in our time of grief, our great high priest is a sympathetic savior and he calls us as his children to draw near to him and to receive help in time of need. What a wonderful and loving, gracious God we serve. That we can go to him and receive help. But if you do not belong to Christ, there is no grace for you at God's throne. There is only judgment. There is no throne of grace, only a throne of wrath for those who have never repented of their sins and trusted in Christ alone for their salvation. So call on Christ and be saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, but you must agree, as the scriptures do, with who Christ is, that Jesus is God, and in him alone is the way, the truth, and the life. Call on Christ and be saved, saints and sinners. So the question remains, where will you go today? I'm not talking about a building. I'm not talking about going to your home. I'm talking about where will you go today for your help in time of need? Will it be Christ who calls his children to come to him and find grace and help in time of need? In your struggles, will you turn to Christ? In your sin, will you turn to Christ? With all your hardships and with all your trials, will you come to Christ and find rest? Pastor, I have, I have gone and I have looked for rest and I have found rest. Stay and meditate upon the Lord and find rest for who he is. Don't leave until the Lord has granted what he promised. Stay there and find rest and peace in who Christ is. Our great high priest, he is a sympathetic savior who calls on you to draw near. So let us with great confidence and boldness go to his throne of grace and receive help in time of need. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your holy word and the truth that we find in it. Father, we are so quick 
to do this and to do that and to check our boxes and to get through this and not think about something and busy ourselves with so much thing that we forget that we have a sympathetic Savior who draws us, who says, come to me and find grace and help in time of need. Help us, Lord, to draw near to you and to stay there and to rest and to abide in who you are. How foolish of us to busy ourselves with the things of this world when we have a sympathetic Savior who says, draw near. Lord, for those who are here who are lost, convict them of their sin and draw them to you. Without your power, without your work of doing that, all is lost. May they call on you for salvation Lord, how wonderful it is that even now we can come to you and we can find rest in our time of great need. Lord, thank you for what you have done this morning through the reading of your word, through the preaching of your word, through the prayers, through the singing. Lord, as we sing and and take of the Lord's table, Lord, and proclaim the death of Christ until he returns, Lord, we ask that you would continue to do a work in us. Lord, I, I pray when we leave here, Where would we go, Lord? We would come to your throne of grace and find help in time of need. It's in the name of Christ we pray and ask all these things. Amen.